Welcome to the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church Podcast, where the Reverend Leo R. Thomas is our pastor. As a church, we desire to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all are saved. We hope that you're encouraged by this message. Praise the Lord, family. It's Pastor Thomas. It is Sunday morning, May 17th, 2020. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We bring you greetings today from the great city of San Pedro, where the Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church is located. To all of the Mount Sinai family members and friends, we want you to know that we love you and appreciate you. We're thinking about you today as we are every day. You are always in our prayers uh, consistently and constantly. Uh, But we're praying that God will continue to bless and keep you uh, during this time of separation and beyond. To those who are listening abroad, those who are in other states, other countries, we want to thank God for you and let you know how much we appreciate you once again tuning in to this podcast. And we pray that something will be said during the course of this podcast that will bless your heart, inspire and encourage you uh, to desire even more the things of God. Hey, listen, today is a day of celebration for me. Today, family, believe it or not, is my baby's birthday. Today is my girl. First Lady Kim is celebrating her 53rd, two score and 13 years her birthday today. She doesn't have a problem with me saying that. She's proud of the fact, thankful for the fact, glad of the fact that God has allowed her 53 years uh, here on earth. Uh, and we are just thankful that God has blessed her and kept her uh, over these years as she celebrates another year of walking with the Lord. We appreciate all of the cards that we've received. She got a whole stack of cards and then she had to separate the cards for the last week because she got a bunch of them for Mother's Day and the ones for her birthday. Uh, she did not open those ahead of time. So uh, today was her day for opening her cards and uh, she just sends her love to you all. She's so thankful uh, to the church family and how you all receive her uh, and keep her uh, before the Lord, praying for her. Uh, and just fellowshipping and inspiring her, uh, befriending her. Amen. Uh, we, we are so appreciative and we thank God for you and for her and for celebrating uh, this another milestone uh, in the walk and the work of the Lord. Hey, listen, today we want to get to the word of God. I have a lot to go over today and we're going to be entering into a series, a new series, uh, which I'll share with you here in a moment. But before we do that, of course, we want to pray I ask that you all be in prayer for uh, the family of a dear brother, dear deacon at Central Baptist Church, who God has called home, uh, Brother Oscar Smith, his wife Della, and their children. Uh, We are praying for them. Uh, Oscar, believe it or not, uh, in 1992, took me through deacon training at Central Baptist Church. I'd only been saved for a year. I got saved in 91. In 92, I became a deacon, and Oscar is the one who took me through training good brother, good heart, uh, always very kind and very considerate. And uh, God decided this past week to bring him on home. So we're praying for his family. And then also I want you to be in prayer for brother uh, Jeff Gatlin, uh, Sister Carolyn Gatlin. Jeff lost his brother Orlando uh, this week. Uh, He was saved uh, and fortified in the things of God. And God decided that the battle down here was over. 
for Brother Orlando and God called him home. So we're praying for that family as well. And then, of course, all of those who are sick and who are shut in. Let's pray, family. God, we bless and praise you. We thank you for your blessings. And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, we have another day and another opportunity to come before your presence and to call upon your name, Lord, and to worship you in spirit and in truth. To worship you in spirit and in truth does not mean that we have to be together in the same space, but it does mean that we have to be aligned with the same principles, values, and doctrines in order that we would offer everything we have up unto thee, Lord God, uh, because you are in our lives, operating over our lives, inspiring us, and leading, guiding, and directing us in the paths of righteousness. So God, we bless you today that you have allowed us, spared us to come one more time. We thank you for all that's happening in and around our lives. Yes, I said we thank you for all that's happening in and around our lives, even in the midst of a pandemic. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just come in and be a part of all that we say, all that we think, and all that we do at this precious moment in our lives. Inspire us and encourage us, Lord God, and we'll be careful to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, um, beginning in verse 1, we'll be reading uh, the first three verses of uh, this text, beginning at verse 1. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible, and it reads as follows, beginning at verse 1. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. And finally, verse three, incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will and come to me here. And your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill and compassion promised to David. I just read for you the first three verses of Isaiah chapter 55, verse one through three. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and the doing of his holy word. And I want to use as a theme, and we'll go over this for the next couple of weeks for sure, the fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ. Did you get that? The fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ. One of the great dilemmas, family, that characterize many modern-day Christians is the lack of devotion, dedication, and discipline in serving Jesus Christ. The sentiment of multitudes of believers is a desire for convenience in their relationship with God. Sacrifice, separation from worldly living, Surrender to the Lord and living a saintly life 
are unmentionable topics for many churches. But these issues shake up a person's comfort zone or plans, which do not include God. Being faithful in church, involvement in the local church, or fulfilling responsibilities in church ministries are becoming rare among people who claim they are Christians or claim to love Jesus. Their attitude is though I may be interested in God, I have more important things to do. When believers become distracted by the affairs of the world, when they become sidetracked from serving God and putting him first in their lives, they tend to become lethargic, lured into sinful living, lustful, and lacking in their spiritual growth. Instead of fighting Satan and sin in their own lives, they end up fighting with the saints of God. A lack of devotion to God tends to lead to commotion and confusion in the believer that has become bored, bitter, and backslidden. Family, God never intended that you float through your Christian life. That is not God's plan for you. His plan is to use you for his glory. No matter what your age or the condition of your health, God can and will use you if you're willing to be used and totally surrendered unto him. The key question, however, is this. If you are a Christian, do you really desire to be consecrated to God? Do you want to be totally sold out for Jesus. The word consecrated means holy. It means sacred. It means sanctified, hallowed. Amen. Something that is set apart for something of a divine purpose. The answer of some who claim to know Jesus, I would like to, but I just don't have the time. For others, however, there's a desire to be used of God and totally surrendered to God. They take seriously the command in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Catch this family, consecration to Christ is not just a matter of doing, but also a matter of being. If our being our heart, our mind, our will, our strength is yielded to the Lord, then there's a better chance of doing what God has called us to do. We are warned the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what are some important principles that we can put into practice that will help us to be consecrated to Christ, to be on fire for the Lord and to make our lives count for God. This chapter provides a number of them for us. And we want to take our time over the next couple of weeks looking at some of these principles in order that we might become better in all of our doing and being for God. So today I'm going to just deal with the beginning of chapter 55 and 
began to submit within us some principles and some doctrine that will help us in understanding and knowing the fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ. I just want to begin in verse one. Verse one says, wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters and he who has no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. The first thing that we see here, family, the first thing that we see is there is an invitation. There's an invitation right there in verse one. Anyone who reads it, even if you don't use your spiritual imagination, will know immediately that this is an invitation. We live in a society of invitations. In our lifetimes, we have received invitations to parties and to plays, revivals, graduations, or weddings. But even more spiritual than any of these are the invitations that God extends to us. Unlike the invitations that we receive from friends or family, which tend to be restrictive or limited, God's invitation is offered to all men, all women, all boys, and all girls. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is seeking us to the degree that Jesus said, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, God invites us to consider our sin problem and be cleansed by him. For in Isaiah chapter one, verse 18, the Bible says, come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God invites us to enjoy his rest and relief from our burdens as we discovered this past Wednesday. Come unto me and all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But here in Isaiah chapter 15, he invites us to enjoy his salvation, his presence, and his blessings, not just on an occasion, but each and every day. The Bible says, wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, Come to the water. Many a soul is thirsty, craving and desiring for their thirst to be quenched. All the time they are digesting and consuming the things of the world in an attempt to satisfy a longing that only God can offer. Sin will leave you parched. It'll leave you panting. It'll leave you dehydrated and thirsty. Such was the case over in the New Testament of a woman who encountered Jesus at a well. Yeah, Jesus told her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Man, 
Jesus goes on to say later in John chapter 7, verse 37b, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. This water is the water of God's divine grace. The spiritual thirst of the woman at the well is addressed by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said, come to the waters. The Bible often used word pictures to describe some kind of spiritual truth. And water is used over and over, both in the Old Testament and over in the New Testament. David said in Psalm 42 and 1, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. The word panted in the Hebrew, arag, is a verb meaning to pant for, to long for. It is a passionate, emotional verb and is used in emblematic poetry to depict a deer's longing for flowing brooks of water. God is the solution to our spiritual thirst family. The verse goes on to say, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy, priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blame. That's what the Amplified Version says. His gift of salvation is free, for we are saved by his grace. But if it's free, then why, pastor, does it say come by and eat? The word buy, shabar, means to acquire something by way of money, by way of land, and or by way of some other object. Guess what the other object is, family? The other object is you. If we desire to be sold out for God, we must respond to his invitation accept his gift of salvation and his invitation to spend time with him by way of prayer and by way of his word. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come by, eat. Yes, come by, price the spiritual wine, milk, without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blood. If you're just willing to accept him, the only thing he wants is you. The first thing we see there is there is an invitation. But then the second thing we see there is there is an inquiry. An inquiry in verse two, specifically the A portion of verse two, the Bible says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Wow, what a question for the people of God. God asked the question by way of Isaiah the prophet, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Isaiah probes into an important reason why people either don't trust in God or are not committed to God. He implies here, infers here, that their focus, their attention is on things that cannot satisfy them. That, that, that's what the inference is. Uh, that's what he is implying here by asking this question. Isaiah asked two piercing questions. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not 
satisfied. Please be reminded that these questions are being asked of the people of God. Many believers have been duped by the world or by their own desires into thinking that things other than the Lord Jesus Christ can satisfy them. By neglecting God, they end up losing or wasting what they have. Haggai dealt with this same issue in his preaching to Israel. In Haggai chapter one, verse six, the Bible says, ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. What an indictment against the people of God. God says here that you've sown much, but you bring in little. In other words, you're exerting a lot of energy to do certain things, but you don't bring in much. He says here, you drink, but you don't, you're not filled with drink, that you're cold, but yet you're still cold from the clothing. You, you're not warmed by it. And that, that is the purpose of clothing is not just to cover up, but it's to keep you warm if it's cold. And then he said, you earn wages and you put them in bags that have holes in them. In other words, that what you put in is just falling out of the bottom. Philip Parham tells a story of a rich industrialist who was disturbed to find a fisherman sitting lazily beside his boat. He asked the question, he said, why aren't you out there fishing? And the man said unto him, because I've caught enough fish for today. Why don't you catch more fish? Than you need, replied the rich man. What would I do with them? Said the fisherman. He said, you can earn more money. Came the impatient reply of this rich industrialist. And if you earn more money, you can buy a better boat. So you can go deeper and catch more fish. You could purchase nylon nets. You could catch even more fish and make more money. Soon you'd have a fleet of boats and be rich like me. The fisherman replied, then what would I do? You could sit down and enjoy life, said the industrialist. The fisherman replied, what do you think I'm doing right now? In other words, I'm already enjoying life. Many believers today are just like the industrialist who believe that satisfaction is found in getting more or bigger things. He was a man who could not enjoy what God had already given to him while the fishermen had learned the lesson of contentment. Relying upon things to satisfy you, family, will keep you on a constant quest for fulfillment because things or thrills will never satisfy you. They leave you discontented. One poet said it this way, as a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. And when it's cool, he wants it hot. Always wanting what is not. That's a, my God, that, that describes so many uh, people in the world. But worse than that, it describes so many people in the church. They're never satisfied. 
no matter what we do, no matter how God blesses, no matter how he brings us up and brings us out, they will find a reason to be unhappy, to be dissatisfied, to be discontented in what it is and where it is. God is leading and bringing his people since the days of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Mankind has followed the same pattern as the first couple. Men and women have been trying to satisfy inner longings by violating God's boundaries. Drinking at the fountains of this world to try to quench your spiritual thirst will leave you empty and it'll leave you frustrated. The fountains of money, the fountains of possessions, the fountain of prestige, the fountains of alcohol, of drugs, of pleasures, of illicit sex, of popularity, of pride will not quench the thirst in your heart. Listen to me. Only God can quench your thirst. Only God can create a level of satisfaction in you to the degree that you're content with not only where you are, but you're content with what God has done and where God is taking you to. And Mick Jagger, uh, the great lead singer of the Rolling Stones, had it right when he said, I can't get no satisfaction. Listen to me, the longer you live and the longer you lean toward the world, I'm telling you, you'll be singing Mick Jagger song because you will find out cars and money and women and men and things jewelry, houses, none of that stuff. None of that stuff will cause you to have a feeling of contentment. Yeah, the the first thing we see here is there is an invitation. But the second thing we see is that there is an inquiry. There's an inquiry. Family, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And don't just think of money as financial, he's talking about all of your resources, your strength, your energy, your mind share. Why are you spending time on stuff that does not benefit you? My God, there are some of us that give so much of our time and our attention to the foolish things of the world. And when we ought to be trying to redeem the time. But here's the third thing, family. Here's the third thing. The third thing is not only do we see that there is an invitation, not only do we see that there is an inquiry, but the last thing that I see there is there is an inclining, inclining. Yeah. The second portion of verse two says, hearken diligently to me. In other words, listen up and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Fatness, meaning the profuseness of spiritual joy, Amplified Version says. Verse 3 says, incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will and come to me. Hear and your soul will revive. Wow. And I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. Listen to this, family. That which God promised to David, he said, is available for me and you. Yeah, he said we'll be revived. If we are going to be surrendered to God, 
then we need to listen to what he has to say to us. God says, incline your ears. The word incline is from the word nota in Hebrew, and it means to stretch out and to bend down. It's not just to bend down, but to stretch out. In other words, you're trying to create a short distance to that which is being said. You're trying to get as close as possible. Our ears are to be bent toward God and God's direction for us. Yeah. What what he has to say will be found in his word. Don't you know, I have learned, I've learned family. There's some people I just, I can't, I can't take listening to them for long because they are filled with such foolishness and such debauchery. Amen. Uh, That everything they say is a complaint and everything they say is a negative outlook and or perspective. And therefore, my time, my attention span with them is very limited, is very short. But with God, everything God says and does is yes and amen. Everything that God says, I have a desire to listen to and to hear. That that was the illustration that I was trying to get across on last Wednesday when I talked about Martha and Mary when Jesus came to the house and Martha was uh, cumbered about and she was fretting and, and, and burdened because she was trying to cook the meal, when Mary said, I'm just going to sit here and listen. I'm just going to sit here and soak it up and soak it in. There are so many people who come to church now wanting to be seen, but then there are others who understand they're coming to hear what thus saith the Lord. Yeah, when we, when we pray, usually we'll say, God, incline thy ear unto thy servants. In other words, God, listen to what we have to say. But guess what God is? God said, when are you going to start listening to what I have to say? He says, here, incline your ear. What God has to say will be found in his word. God has to say will be found through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What God has to say will be found through godly counsel and godly preaching and godly teaching. The Bible says in Psalm 85 and 8, I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. God has a way of speaking peace unto his people, not to all people, but to his people. Some of us know really well what uh, Governor Newsom is saying and Gil Garcetti and all of these other folks that uh, are the politicians of our day, the president and so on and so forth. The question I have though is, do you know what God is saying? Do you know what God is saying right now to his people Christians today flounder in their spiritual growth because they won't listen. I have had people in my office at the church that I have begged and pleaded with them, don't leave the church. Listen, that's not God's best for you because they've had a rift with someone or somebody made them mad or they just could, and they leave and they go out there and they just drift. They flounder spiritually because they've made a decision that God was not involved in. The question is, family, what is God saying? Not not what your mama is saying or your father or your friends or your buddies. What is thus saith the Lord? They they flounder. Many 
people or outside of church and they can give you a hundred thousand reasons. They've lost the joy of their salvation and become out of touch with God's purpose for their life. I did not say they were not saved. I didn't say they were not saved. I said they were out of church. They were out of church. The result is indifference towards spiritual matters. Ignorance of God's truths, independence from God's direction and care, and an interest only in selfish fulfillment and personal desires. If you want to be sold out for God, then incline your ears. If you're out of church and or not faithful to the things of God, we want you to know that's not God's best for you. Sometimes when my daughters are talking to me and uh, they need my attention, I will have to pause the TV uh, in order to give them my undivided attention to hear exactly what it is they're saying. If they're asking advice for something or they're inquiring with a question that requires a response right then, I have to pause what I'm doing in order to give them my attention. Don't you know, family, that God sometimes will have to put us on pause in order for us to listen to what he says? Listen, that might be the whole purpose of the pandemic. It was to get you to slow down, to just hear what it is God is trying to say in your spirit. You were making moves. You was making money. You had your business going. You had your life going. Your love life was right. Your bank account was right. Your kids were acting right. And yet and still, God says, I'm about to slow this whole thing down so you can really focus your attention on me. Perhaps, just maybe, just maybe, God was saying in all of our doing, he felt neglected by his people. Yeah, he he felt neglected. He didn't feel like we were giving him our undivided attention. So he says, I know how to fix this whole thing. All I got to do is just slow things down to the point where everything comes now to a screeching halt. And now we have no choice but to sit and to listen to the voice of the Lord. Wow, family. I know that's hard for some of you to hear, but maybe, just maybe, that's the purpose of going through what we're going through in order that our souls might be revived. The fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ. Here's the first thing, family. There's an invitation. That's a fundamental. I, I just want you to know, these are the basics right now. We'll get into the real stuff next week, but this is the basics right now. There's an invitation. The Bible says, wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters and he who has no money come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy price of spiritual wine and milk without money and without price simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Listen to what, what the Amplified Version is saying. If you surrender, you can have everything that he talks about in verse one. Yeah, there'll be some stuff that God will bring in that will satisfy the thirst and the hunger and which you feel. You've been running around and chasing and doing everything you can to satisfy it yourself, and nothing seems to work. First thing is there's an invitation, but the second thing is there's an inquiry. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that which does not 
satisfied. Well, why are you spending your money, your resources, your time, your mind share on stuff that makes no difference, does not benefit and build you up? There are some people that we surround ourselves with and they are people who take, they specialize in taking from us. God is not trying to take anything from us. God is trying to give unto us. So he asked these piercing questions to make you stop for a moment and think about what it is you're doing with your resources, your time, your talents, and your treasures. But then finally, not only is there an invitation, not only is there an inquiry, there is an inclining. Listen, listen, listen. I ain't talking about laying back. I'm talking about inclining your ear. Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness and the profuseness of spiritual joy. That's the second part of verse two. But then verse three says, incline your ear. You see the inclining? Incline your ear. Submit and consent to the divine will and come to me. Hear and your soul will revive. That's a promise. Family, that's said emphatically without question that if we submit ourselves and consent to the divine will of God, he says, our souls will revive. And I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you. Even the short mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. The fundamental concepts of consecration to Christ, part one. Amen, part one. Next week, same time, same channel, amen. Uh, we're gonna come back with part two and continue to fill the minds and the hearts of God's people with what thus said the Lord. Listen, family, we are out of time. We're never out of message. We pray that next week we'll still be back at the same time on the same station providing resources, spiritual resources to the people of God that we might continue to trudge forward in the things of God in order that he might be pleased with the mind, with the behavior, with the will, the strength of his people, and that he might, by way of his grace and his mercy, continue to provide unto us spiritual food that can only come from heaven. Listen, family, we are out of time. We're never out of message. So we pray that you would just continue to be blessed and kept during this time. Listen. In the midst of this 2020 experience and all of your doing and all of your being and all of your getting, don't forget to glorify God. God bless you, family. We love you. Hello, family. It's Pastor Thomas, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. We pray that something was said that encouraged and inspired your heart during this difficult time. I pray that you are being strong and that your spiritual resolve is being fortified and strengthened during this difficult time. To the Mount Sinai family, we want to encourage you, if you've not done so yet, to make sure that as you go on to the website, that you would take a moment to go on and hit the PayPal button and that you would send your tithes and your offerings to the church. We are still a church body and we are still in need of the financial support in which you provide on a consistent and regular basis. If you do not feel comfortable by sending your tithes and offerings by way of PayPal, you can feel free to send a money order or a check or cashier's check to the church. 
uh, attention. Uh, our secretary, Sister Lydia Haley, she'll make sure that the deacons get it. We ask that you please do not send cash to the church. And then also we want to encourage those of you who are listening in other states and other countries. We want to thank you for tuning in. I pray that you are encouraged today by that which you've heard. And also, uh, for those of you who are unchurched and unsaved, I pray that this not take the place of uh, a local ministry for you, but that you would go and find a Bible preaching, Bible teaching, and God-fearing church to join with and become a part of that you might go forth sowing much fruit in the kingdom of God. Family, we love you and we thank God for you. And remember, God will be glorified. Stop!